We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. This is the day that God has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what's taking place in the world today, we rejoice. Our lips rejoice unto Him. Why? Because He, he, he inhabits the praises of His people. So if you want Him to inhabit in your life, praise Him. Praise Him every day. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him at noon. Praise Him at night. Praise Him all the time. Just let praises come off your lips. We are looking at uh, the kingdom of God. God reminded me this morning that earlier this year, He put into my heart to teach on the kingdom of God. I didn't understand why, but now I know. Why? Because we need to live and understand how to live in the kingdom of God for what's going on in the world. When we live in the kingdom of God... Function in the kingdom of God, the world does not affect us. It will not affect us at all because we're not wrapped up into what's happening with this virus and all the other stuff that's carrying on on the news and everything. We're going to be living in the kingdom of God, so we need to learn how to function in that kingdom. How does the kingdom operate? And that's what God put on my heart to teach because it's important that we grab hold of that this year. We don't know how or what's going to happen in the world, but we do know what's going to happen in the kingdom of God. So let's continue to look at that today. I'm going to start off with uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Verse, verse part of that. For our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. We reside in heaven. We may be in this world, but we're not of this world. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Ephesians, it says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I'm just so excited that that's where I'm seated today. <laughs> yeah, that's my position in the kingdom of God. Seated there with Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need, I want to remind us of what we've looked at thus far. Jesus came to preach what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Why? Because he ushered in the kingdom. He's looking to teach us what the kingdom was all about so that we can live in it. Not when we, just when we get to heaven, but to live in it now. He said it's at hand now. It's now is the kingdom of God. So we also looked at two basic facts about the kingdom. Remember those two facts? 
One, there's an abundance in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Jesus explained it this way according to the uh, parable of the sower. He said, when you get the Word of God in you, planted it in good ground, you're going to have a hundredfold return, or maybe 60 or 30. But he started out with a hundred because he wants everything to come into us because we planted the Word of God into us as an abundance. Do you know of anything that's, that's not in the kingdom of God for your need? Uh, no, that's everything. It says that He supplies all our need according to His riches. So, and not the world's riches. I don't have to depend upon what the world has or doesn't have, how the stock market is going up and down and they're going haywire. And all. I don't have to depend on that. I depend on the riches of the kingdom of God. So we have an abundance. Also, we have favor. doesn't make any difference how we are living. We may not be doing our things right all the time. But that's... But God still has favor on our lives because of His Son, Jesus Christ. So, in His eyes, we are good. <laughs> we are great. Hallelujah. I mean, here, we are pleasing Him because we are His children. And I, I am excited about that. So, there's the two facts we need to remember. Also, we need to remember what we looked at thus far is that when you go into a kingdom... We need to learn how to talk the language. Speak the language. Tell me, is there anything in the kingdom of God that's negative? Mm, no. So therefore, I won't be speaking anything negative. I'll be speaking everything that's positive. So why am I speaking like the world? That's negative. <laughs> why not speak what God says? Why not speak what God has said in His kingdom? I'm going to proclaim that what's coming out of my mouth. So what, what kind of language is it? It's faith language. Yeah, it's faith language. I'm going to speak faith. I'm not going to speak worry. I heard on the uh, radio the other day that worry worships your troubles, but uh, faith worships God. How about that? Yeah, that's what it's all about. So I'm going to worship God by speaking faith. I'm going to talk faith. I'm going to live in faith. I'm going to operate in faith. And, and to do that, i got to have the right thinking. In other words, out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth will speak. Well, what's in me? Out of me comes the issues of life. Everything that I am to function in comes out of me. <laughs> yeah. So I need to get it in. I need to be able to think right and have this transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the Word of God. I need to have that. I don't want to think like the world. I want to think like Jesus. Why? Because I have the mind of Christ. So that's what we've looked at thus far. Now let's continue on to look at living in the kingdom of God. Next item is see the impossible or see the possible. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the possible. First of all, I'm going to ask my wife to read Luke chapter 1, verses 36 and 37. Um, starting in verse 36. 
If your whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light. As when the bright shining of a candle does give you light. And verse 37. And as he spoke, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. Did I give you Luke 1? No, it says 11. It looked like 11. It's a 1. I'm sorry. You see, God still favors her, (laughs) even though she didn't read it correctly. I'm serious about that. You see, we can misinterpret what we see or whatever, but God still loves us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Okay. Guess what? I still love her too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is Luke one thirty six. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. See, God is speaking to, to uh, Mary, and said, "Listen, your cousin's pregnant. Yeah, and she's old, but that doesn't make any difference." Because, see, nothing's impossible with God. So that's what we need to see. We need to see the possibilities that God can do no matter what the situation looks like. In the, in the natural, God can do anything. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. This is when the disciples were trying to figure out uh, who can get into heaven. See, he just talked about the rich man, and the rich man wouldn't give up his riches and Jesus said, listen, anyone who puts their trust in riches uh, can't enter the kingdom of God, can't come in. And the disciples had the question, now who in the world is going to come into the kingdom of God then? And I want her, my wife to read. Uh, that's Mark 10, 27. Okay. That one. <laughs> Mark 10, 27 states, mm-hmm. And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. All things are possible. You see, don't look at the natural that, well, if he's trusted in riches and, and all, if he give them up, everything be all right. Just don't put your trust in them. You can have them, but don't put your trust in them. Don't let them have you. <laughs> see, nothing's impossible with God. So we've got to see the, what God can do. He can do anything. And I'm going to turn over this morning to Second Kings, Second Kings chapter six. I'll get there. Oh, I know where I got it. I got it marked here with my marker. Second Kings chapter six, and we're going to read here, and starting with uh, verse eight. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. This is where we're going to attack them. And they don't tell anybody now. <laughs> this is what we're going to do with them. And, and then the man of, of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, uh, Because beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down here. Oh, how did he know that? God told him. God told Elijah 
listen, don't go that way because, see, the Syrians are going to be there waiting for you. So the king of Israel sent uh, someone to the place of what the man of God had told him, and thus he warned him, and he was uh, watchful there, not just uh, once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. How? Why, how? What's going on here? Someone is, uh, we got a spy amongst us <laughs> in our troops here. Someone has done, uh, told Israel where we were going. Well, so um, one of the, the servants in verse 12 said, uh, None, my lord, O king, but Elijah the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> Watch out now what you say. <laughs> because God knows what you're saying, and he can relay it to someone else. Uh, that's what he did. And so he said, Go and see where he is, that I may uh, send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Is that not Alabama either? <laughs> well, I don't guess. <laughs> I'll assume it's not. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my, my master, what shall we do? Is that what's taking place today in the world? We go out and look and see what's happening. We see what's happening in the news. We see what's taking place with this virus all over the, all over the. And we're, what are we going to do now? Well, that's what the serpent was saying. Well, see, that's that's where the world reacts. Well, there's a better way. Let's go on and see what happens. And he answered him, uh, "Do not fear." For those that are with us are more than those who are with them. Yeah, okay, yeah, we, uh, yeah, uh, let's see, you, one, me, two, that's two against, uh-huh, uh-huh. You see, we don't, we, we, we are always looking at what the world is throwing at us and not what God can do. So, therefore, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray. Open the eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots, and fire around Elijah. Huh. Whoa! You see, that's what needs to take place. We need to have our eyes open to see the possibilities of what God's going to do. What God's going to do in this place. You see, it's not the fact that's a curse upon the earth right now. It's the fact that this is a blessing. Mm. What do you mean? It's a blessing, as I was telling John this morning, that people can individually now, we've got more time to spend with Jesus. And we've got more time to spend with our families than share Jesus than we ever had before because we're all wrapped up in all our activities. Now we don't have those activities anymore. So the possibility is that this is really a blessing 
that God can use to bless His people, even though it's destroying things. Don't look at what the world is seeing. Look and see what God sees. And that's what we need to have our eyes open to see what God is doing, to see the possible. That's the kingdom of God. What's happening in the kingdom of God? Open your eyes and see. Open your spiritual eyes. Your physical eyes see the world. Your spiritual eyes see what's going on in the kingdom. And there's nothing wrong there. There's no sickness there. There's no ill there. There's no worry. There's no anxiety. There's no fear. It's only rejoicing and blessing and hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a good word, isn't it? Well, praise the Lord. Well, that's, that's what the kingdom of God is about. Also, it's about unity. Uh-oh. Uh, Matthew eighteen nineteen. Matthew eighteen nineteen states, And again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything uh, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. If we're going to have an advancement in the kingdom of God, there needs to be unity. Unity is the core to advancement in the kingdom of God. Otherwise, there's going to be division and this taking place, and that should not happen. It won't do anything to help the kingdom of God to move forward. I'm going to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's see what God says here. Ephesians chapter 4. Through Paul writing to the church at Ephesus and start with verse 1. I therefore, Paul said, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the mind of peace. To keep the unity of the Spirit. We must keep the unity. We must do everything possible to keep the unity. Otherwise, it's going to hinder the work of God upon the face of the earth. Does anybody in the Methodist Church understand what I'm saying? Division is coming. That's not going to do good for the kingdom of God. That's not going to advance the kingdom of God whatsoever. Unity is the norm whereby the members of a church are under the control of the Holy Spirit. That only brings unity. It says unity of the Spirit. That's what brings unity. When we're under what the Holy Spirit wants, what He desires, don't get caught up in the division. That's not going to do any good. Uh, Titus chapter 3, uh, verses 9 to 11. Anybody got that? You got that? John might have that. No, John, John wouldn't have that. Titus chapter 3, verses 9 to 11. Frank is getting it. Well, while she's there, while she's looking at it, uh, division... See, division, uh, have you ever known anyone who caused division? What's he doing? He's, he's doing something that's going to benefit him. That's what he's doing. Division says, I'm going to please me. 
I'm going to want, I'm going to do what I want. And when that happens, what happens is I'm basing my my thoughts on what I believe. Therefore, I'm going to benefit from it, and therefore, it's going to disrupt the unity of the church. It's going to disrupt the unity because I see I'm not basing on what God says. I'm basing on what I say. So, Herbert Titus 3, 9 through 11. Yeah. Um, but avoid foolish, foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man who is an heretic um, after the first and second abomination re- reject knowing that he who is such is subverted and sins being condemned of himself. So I, I really should hang around someone and that's dividing. Yeah. No. It's not going to benefit me at all. So that's a big question within the Methodist Church today. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to handle this? Because there are people out there trying to divide and trying to disrupt the kingdom of God work within the Methodist Church or within even in the world, within the Baptist Church even, within denominations, within everything because of the sexual immorality that's taking place. Don't hang around. Don't get your heart up in that. Unity is at the heart of the Christian faith. Without unity, it will not function. You cannot go off that way and go that way and think for the kingdom of God to be working because uh, I'm divided and here's my body trying to go one way and another way. And and it hurts. Don't work. The body has to go in one direction. One direction only. And that's the only way. God orders the steps of the body to walk. He orders them. Not me. He does. Well, praise the Lord. So therefore, back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, therefore Paul says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One. Not two. One. Together. You know, when uh, Frank and I got married, we became one. When I received Jesus Christ in my life, we became one. Now, we have to walk in that oneness. If that oneness is broken, it it affects the kingdom of God as well as me. So we cannot get caught up into divisive issues. We cannot get caught up in it. We must walk in the unity of the Spirit at all times. Well, that's hard. Yes, it is. But there's only one way to go. Now, Another aspect of the kingdom of God is suffering. I don't want to hear that part. 
Let's go on to something better than that. Yeah, it's suffering. Uh-huh. Uh, John's going to read First uh, Peter 4, 1 through 2. You are? No, I am. Oh, you are. <laughs> okay, you are. Okay. Oh, I gave you everything. <laughs> <laughs> for as... Uh, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. But for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Suffer in the flesh. Does your flesh want to do something? When you get up in the morning, <laughs> or when you don't want to get up in the morning, <laughs> does your flesh cry out, I got to have this, I got to do this? Or is your spirit crying out, we're going to do the will of God today? We're going to do the will of God today. You see, there is suffering, but God to bring the flesh under control as to what it wants to do. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going. My wife's going to get up here and hit me when I say this. Next, <laughs> I mean, she's not even listening. <laughs> she's going. She's going to get up here and hit me for sure. Of what she said this morning. She said, "I had an awful taste yesterday. I wanted some Kentucky Fried Chicken. I didn't want. My flesh was crying out for that. <laughs> you know, but that's what our flesh does." It cries out for something of the world. <laughs> and that's what God said. No, 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 it shouldn't be that way. See, we're going to be tempted. Uh, and now, John, I believe you have this in First Corinthians 10, 13. We're going to be tempted. The flesh is going to be tempted because the world, the devil's going to come and say, hey, you need this. You ought to have this. You ought to be doing this. There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. So we're going to have temptation, but God's going to make a way through that. Praise the Lord. I have to depend on Him to get me through the temptations that come and fly towards me. And I, the flesh wants to do its own thing. But you remember now, the flesh will cause division. It'll cause division in you. <laughs> I'm not doing the will of God. Your flesh wants to go that way. Your, your spirit wants to go that way. And there's division there. So therefore, what do we need to do? Romans 8, 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So we got to die. We got to make sure that the deeds of the flesh die out. Die completely. Die completely. Uh, at St. Stephen United Methodist Church, I started something that God put on my heart at the beginning of the service to come to the altar. Why? to lay down all the cares and worries and anxieties and everything, to lay everything down that's going to affect a person from worshiping God and hearing what he has to say. So that's very important. We must die to the flesh so that we can hear God. 
our flesh crying out loud. But our spirit wants to cry out, here's what God wants you to do today. So we've got to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Therefore, uh, James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Joy in trials? Did you read that? That's not in there. No. Yeah, that's in the Bible, though. Don't blame me. (laughs) No, that's not. Joy in trials? No. Why? Because, you see, that's where the flesh is dealt with. And we need to have the flesh dealt with so that we can go on and do the work of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the kingdom of God can advance. Hallelujah. So when something happens, rejoice. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. God, I thank you that you're correcting me in that today. I thank you, Father, that it's working out for your good. Hallelujah. For your glory. That what's taking place, uh, this is the flesh is being dealt with. Come on, Lord. Do it. Do it. Oh, it hurts. It's cut. you got get 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 a little knife out of there. Don't get that big butcher knife out there and try to cut at me. Uh, it's part of... Um, one of my talks for the Emmaus Walk is that um, I bring out of, uh, some shears and start clipping around. That's what God does. He's just clipping off this, that, and the other. Because he says, uh, John, uh, uh, um, he said, he said, yeah, in John chapter 15, he said, now, listen, even though you may bear much fruit, I'm still going to prune you. <laughs> so you can bear much more fruit. So, don't don't get sad because you're going through a trial. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Because see, He is pruning you so that you can bear much more fruit for Him. Well, glory to God. That's exciting. Suffering is great, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoa, glory to God. That's the kingdom of God, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's, here's the here's a, here's a last... Uh, Last element of the kingdom of God we're going to talk about is uh, dedicated effort. Dedicated effort. All right. Uh, you remember uh, the the disciples were on the water in Matthew chapter 14, and Peter, I mean John, uh, Jesus had gone up on the mountain, you know, to pray, and then he started coming down, walking on the water, and then Steve started doing all this and everything, and and all this just bubbling up and and, uh, oh, there's a ghost out there. And Peter said, listen, uh, if, if that's you, Jesus, bid me to come. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and he was going towards Jesus. He was keeping his eyes on Jesus. And just about the time he got there, oh, no, where am I at now? I'm over here in this water here. Oh, it's really hitting me and everything. And he started sinking. Jesus reached down immediately and picked him up. That's how I know he was almost there. Jesus was right there ready to pick him up. Right there ready to pick him up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up in the kingdom of God. It may take a week. It may take months. It may take years before the answer comes, but don't ever give up. It's still there. It, it, it's still there. It's 
40 years for Moses to get ready? I hope I don't have that 40 years. I don't have 40 years left. <laughs> but yeah, don't give up. Hang, hang on to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And you'll never sink. You'll never sink. So let me read a couple of verses here out of song, and then we'll wrap up. Song 37, 23, 23 through 26. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth, delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly, not be utterly cast down. Even though you have temporary, oh, I messed up. You're not going to be totally cast down. For the Lord upholds him and with his hand. Jesus was there for Peter. I have been young and now I'm old, and I have not uh, seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Praise the Lord. Now, the last one you already know. You know by heart. Psalm 23, the last verses, starting with verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Is that what's taking place in this world today? We're walking in the valley of the shadow of death. He said, don't fear. I fear no evil. Father, you, because she, you comfort me with your rod and your staff. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, laughing here a little bit because I was walking... Uh, from in in Arlington, uh, Georgia, I was walking from. No, it was in Doran, Georgia. I was walking from the church over to the parsonage, and I kind of turned around. I thought somebody was following me, and he says, "Yeah, I am. Goodness and mercy." I felt that I felt his goodness and mercy following me, and that's what he says. So don't worry. Why worry? We're in the kingdom of God. We got everything. Everything is there. He's keeping us. He's holding us. He's providing for us. So get to Him. Spend time with Him. Develop your relationship with Him today. More and more every single day. And you'll see great things happen in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.
Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.